608, welcome in November 18th, 2021. One week? One week from Thanksgiving? Is that right? Week. A week from... It's been one week since you looked at me. A week from today, we'll be getting up and turning on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is back to normal this year. You know what else I've decided I'm going to do this year? So, last year, I I smoked a turkey in my Traeger. Yep, yep. I went through, I watched YouTube videos on how to, like, spatchcock it and do all the stuff, and... First of all, that that's just a fun word right. to bring Which up. Which just anytime. means just butterflying it. Yeah, right. basically, because um, I could not follow the visual cues within the stories. I had to YouTube that thing. Yeah. I think I use YouTube for like cooking instructions right. more than I do music or By the anything. Way, what else. A, how do people do anything without YouTube instructions? <laughs> I've fixed more stuff than I ever thought I would. Did you find of someone in the phone book that was going to help did, you out with that? I, I sure know. didn't. You just thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> if grandma didn't show you, you didn't know. Yeah. Um. So I used the Traeger last year. This year, because we were at Hy-Vee last Friday, and I was watching their, their recipe videos. <laughs> By the way, Caleb was set up at the 70th of Pioneers Van, uh, in Pioneers Hy-Vee, I know, because I visited him. And, <laughs> and if you've ever been in there, they have, like you were saying, like recipe videos on a loop. And... Uh, and I was there a year ago doing the same thing, and I'm in that re- in that grocery store a lot. Eventually, you just start watching them, and you can't stop watching them. And I figured I was looking at that. I was like, I I I can do that. I can do that. So I grabbed one of their seasons magazines, and I was like, Hey, had a real good time being in here for that uh, Salvation Army turkey drive. But now I'm going to go think about how I'm going to do a turkey on Thanksgiving. So I, I'm going to give that one a shot. Gonna give the the high V recipe. A so shot. wait for it's turkey. Just, yeah, it's just in the oven. Is it, oh, in the oven. So you're not gonna smoke it this year. Yeah. See, that's the thing about smoking it is you gotta wait. It, you'd be up now a week from now because uh, you probably do it overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely, you're up during the course of the night, and or you're starting it really early. It made the smoke stack in there such a mess, though. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, and you got to do all the seasonings with turkey. The all of the. All of the seasonings mentioned in Scarborough Fair, parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Hey, and- you'll like this, by the way. The other day, uh, it would have been Tuesday, we got Samori Toure. Um, he came out, he was asked about Thanksgiving food. Yeah. He said, not a big turkey fan. He said, yeah. it's too dry. Yep. And he said, got to drown it in gravy. Uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> and he's as soon not as he wrong. said that, I was standing there going... Man, Jack loves this guy. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I have no turkey duties this year. We're going, for the first time in a while, we're going uh, out of town for Thanksgiving. And so I think I have some, like, uh, green bean casserole duties, those sorts of things. Oh, and yeah, so, where, where everyone just kind of brings a side. Yeah, everybody, everybody brings a, I don't. I, I don't know for sure what we're doing. But, yeah, that's a, that's a week away here. So uh, get through the weekend, uh, short week for a lot of people next week, unless you're working retail. and. <laughs> Then it's the worst week of your life. Oh yeah, I'm then you're you're especially because you're probably understaffed at this point. Oh. oh man, I did not like working in retail on the uh, that Black Friday. Oh, did that, you do that? I I did that for a couple years. Where did you work? Um, it was at the uh, it was at the mall in Kearney, um, and it, it, it's a sporting goods store. Yeah, but. Tell you what, on Black Friday, those Carney Black Black Friday shoppers are uh, crazy. Huh? Uh, yeah, especially at the mall because if you go to the mall on Black Friday, you can just go everywhere. Um, everyone wanted shoes, all the shoe markdowns. You wanted all of your Husker gear, um, and you want any of your workout gear going into the new year because 
We all make that promise to ourselves, don't we? Yep. No, this is the year. <laughs> this is the year. Let's uh, get the workout gear. Going to get me a Peloton subscription. Going to get me a, a gym subscription. Maybe buy some dumbbells. I will say this. When, when you do it in, in the way we got paid part, it was hourly, but we also got commission if you got past a certain mm-hmm. number that you helped people out on. Commission was pretty decent That's for the good. day. You know? That's good. Uh, are, are we waking up to see the uh, the eclipse overnight tonight? Oh, there's an eclipse th- today? There's a partial lunar eclipse happening t- uh, overnight tonight into tomorrow morning. Um, and it's nearly a total lunar eclipse. It will, uh, it will be eclipsing 99.1% of the moon is going to pass into Earth's umbra. The Earth's umbra. And so it's nearly total. Here's the time, though, when you've got to do it. Okay, The whole thing is going to last three hours and 28 minutes, which, by the way, is going to make it the longest partial lunar eclipse in 580 years. Oh. And you can't get up at 3 in the morning to see this? I guess, uh, I guess I'll get up 30 minutes early. That's true. It wouldn't be that big a deal for you. So it's going to be visible in North America, South America, Polynesia, Eastern Australia, Northeastern Asia. Uh, U.S. viewers, the peak of the eclipse, when the moon is most covered by Earth's shadow, will be at 3.03 a.m. Central Time. Okay. 3.03 Central Time, 4.03 Eastern Time. I'll go to bed a little earlier today. But it's going to begin to path in, pass into the shadow about midnight here. Uh, and then about one nineteen here, the moon will move into the umbra, the inner part of the Earth's shadow, and begin to look like a chunk is missing from it. It will turn red around 2.45 Eastern time. Okay, Don't yeah. need anything special to see it. Right. That was going to be my question. Is it going to no. change its color? I mean, color grab some binoculars or something if you yeah. want a, a better look uh, or want to put your camera on a tripod or, or something like this. And if what, you, what direction will it be? Did, did you say uh, up? Did, <laughs> Do, do we look? Do, I don't know where the, the I don't the, know. The, Find the moon in the sky. What the? So, sometimes the moon's further to the north. Sometimes you gotta look I, further to the south. I, I don't, are you worried you won't be able to find it? I live in the okay. If, oh, okay. I, I live in the city, so I've got to navigate buildings. You know, I don't know that. I just gave you the amount of information I just gave you, and I still didn't give you enough information. <laughs> Again, I don't know. Look around in the sky. Is it I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to direct. I'm not going to come over and point out the moon for you. It's in the sky. I think you can find it. Now here's here's the risk if you don't go out tonight and see this. The next time, guys, the next time that you can do this, the next time there's a partial lunar eclipse visible from our part of North America, September 17 and 18, 2024. You got an almost three year wait to be able to see this again. Okay? So if you want to wait until 2024, be my guest. Might be a little bit warmer overnight then. But that's the next time you get a chance to see this in North America. Uh, Hey, they made it to the, uh, the senators made it to the peak of Kilimanjaro. Did you hear it? They uh, they did it. I, they, I knew they, they were on their Don way. Don Walton on the satellite phone. Yeah, I knew they were on the way up. But yeah, that's great. They Summit. To to, uh, Walton got a text from Tom Brewer twelve sixteen a.m. on uh, on Wednesday. So they did it. Bipartisan trip up Kilimanjaro. Why are they They're doing making this again? Fun. Okay. That's cool. I don't know. A challenge. A bonding experience, a bipartisan bonding experience. Like I said, team, it is going to transform 
It's going to transform the legislative process this year. Workplace team bonding is getting out of control. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> you want to you wanna grab a few people from the office and scale Kilimanjaro? No. No. I, I want to grab a few people from the office and go to adventure golf. I, like that's that's what I want. I don't know if we, I don't know how I would. I well, I do if we grab people from the office and like rented a cabin in Mahoney State Park and walk the trails there. <laughs> <laughs> Much less the stress of just walk the trails. <laughs> you know what? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um. <laughs> uh, Anyway, congratulations. Glad uh, glad everyone's healthy. I'm sure uh, we'll hear a lot. And, and, and in all seriousness, I hope, uh, you know, I, I, I hope some going, going through stressful times, going through life together can kind of change uh, perhaps the relationships that we've got with people who we disagree with on policy issues. Right. Because, my goodness, it's not a real productive life when it comes to that stuff right now for anyone, <laughs> I don't think. So maybe we ought to have our own personal Kilimanjaro with the uh, with the people who we disagree with. How things. do we get a ballot initiative to the summit? That's a good question. <laughs> and, and by the way, every time I see Don Walton tweet about a phone call that he got from Tom Brewer on the satellite phone, I start thinking of t- uh, Africa by Toto. <laughs> and I've got that song in my head for like an entire week now. I need to go listen to it just to get it out of my head. Uh, hey, Listen, if Nebraska men's sports are not quite giving you the jolt of happiness that you need, and they're not for me. Other than Husker Wrestling, who was dominant last night. Maybe, maybe you should consider becoming a full-time Nebraska women's sports fan. I'd and exclusively Nebraska women's sports fan. I'm starting to think about it. I'm starting to think about it as I was, uh, I was dialed in last night, which... I, I've been a, you know, I, Nebraska volleyball, Nebraska women's basketball, I, I have always been a fan of. I'm not meaning to imply that I haven't been, nor that, I mean, I watched the heck out of them already. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about going exclusive. Yeah. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to only women. <laughs> no more both ways for me. Um, <laughs> I've decided to focus all my energies this direction. Uh, but they, uh, the Nebraska women's basketball team, uh, knocked off Creighton last night. They haven't been able to do oh, that man. in a lot had, of years. Had to hold on late. Had to hold on. It felt like they were probably 15 points better than them, but, you know, it just, they never totally pulled away. Um, but you got some young players on that team, some young local players on that team mm-hmm. that are, are really exciting. And, man, I like it. I was uh, listening to Matt Coatney and Jeff Grish last night. Shout out, Coatney and Grish. Always enjoy talking to uh, or hearing them do the the game, and they are now unbeaten. And Caleb and I were looking at the schedule, and you hate to count wins before they happen, but with what they've done so far against lesser competition, you've got a uh, you got a, a ways before you got a couple more games before you go to Wake Forest in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, then you got uh, then you got a single. Conference game against Minnesota before you have another uh, few smaller schools come in to Lincoln, three of them, and then you get on a stretch. And so, look, if if Nebraska could take care of business in all those games, we're going to be talking about a ranked Nebraska women's basketball team. There's a real opportunity for Nebraska to get to New Year's Day and be eleven and two or twelve and one. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there, there's a real opportunity. Then things really heat up Oops. with the. Uh, Hold on. That's, you, I sat on my sat on my oh, wallet. So so I had to tell you where your ring. phone was. Yeah. Um. Then once you turn the calendar, 
you get into some ranked opponents. You get really into the the Big Ten, <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> Iowa, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you go from there, but everything's in front of this team. That's the first win over Creighton since Amy Williams took over as head coach. First win in five years, or uh, it stops a five game losing streak yeah. to Creighton. Mm-hmm. So that has been really the barometer for this team. Think about it, went to the. Uh, um, in 2018, had a postseason berth. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. beat Creighton. Yeah. Like, like, so there, there, there's your barometer for this team is what happens early in the season against the Jays. Yep. Um, and now you look at it, and you're going to be at home again against North Carolina Central this weekend. Then you go to California, um, Black Friday, and then the Saturday after that. And you got this is a pretty good team, and they got that win last night with Izzy Bourne. Shooting perhaps the worst she has since she got to Lincoln. Right. Um, and, and she got great shots, just nothing was going in. The free throws absolutely fell apart in the fourth quarter. You couldn't get any offense, but you still did enough to win the game. Shout out Thunderbolts, Alexis Markowski. Oh, she's so much freshman. fun to watch. Let's go. She When she seals off inside, it is borderline impossible to guard her. All right. And she, she's going to figure some stuff out uh, against maybe some better post play in the Big Ten. But she's a true freshman. There's a lot right. of growth she's going to do over the next two, yeah. three months. It was nice cheering for her and not watching her just destroy my Lincoln East Spartans <laughs> uh, for once. Not they had some good games. I shouldn't say destroy, but to, but put up you know thirty points right uh, on them. So anyway, yeah, and and I'll tell you what we know this from experience. The, this town, the state. W- they will jump on a winner quick, and they will jump on a winner hard. Oh, very, <laughs> and, very quickly. So, I mean, this keeps going, and women's basketball will get – it can get really big really fast. My concern, though, is that the offense didn't disappear until you tweeted out that you were going to become exclusively a Husker I'm women's sports exclusive fan. exclusive to women. Yeah, as soon as you said – as soon as that thought was into the universe, the offense dried up. So like the, yeah. the universe said, I don't know if I should let Jack enjoy this. Is, is, he, is Amy Williams going to be at a press availability next week? She'd like we just let ask uh, Jack Mitchell to maybe back off on the fandom <laughs> for a while. He's obviously a curse wherever that he goes. And actually, I brought John Cook with me. This is a joint request. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ronda Ravel walks out. And you, yeah, if you were thinking about the spring. <laughs> Like, what is happening? The rifle coach is here, and I'm like, I wasn't even paying that much attention to rifle. (laughs) Bowling comes in, like, hey, we all got Uh, together. And then Trev is like, yeah, I talked to him on Wednesday. No, I feel good. (laughs) I'm not a jinx. Uh, And my next next women's only chapter is tomorrow night for Nebraska Volleyball, Penn State, 8 o'clock. Russ Rose is filling up his binder right now as we speak with notes on how to lose. Hey, there was Psyched. a. I'm fired up. There was a lot of good reaction out there for the the Trev Alberts conversation. Yeah, was, we set an, uh, almost an all time record for downloads of a podcast. Yeah. with that one. If you haven't uh, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to that thing. Uh, a lot a lot of stuff, Trev. Um, he answered every question that we asked, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot a lot of things that we wondered about, including about arranged marriages. Yes, including about. <laughs> Arranged marriage. He did not arrange his son's marriage. He just introduced them at one point, and it ended up really, really working out. So anyway, hey, uh, what do we have today? Uh, we're giving away tickets to Nebraska, Iowa on Black Friday, football wise. That's Ticket Thursday today, Caleb. So a big Ticket Thursday. Hey, they get this thing. You know what? 
and, and I know people are disappointed with the season. I know there's, but but for me, for me, Nebraska Iowa. I need a victory here. <laughs> I need a victory. I've got college friends. I've got in-laws. I've got a whole lot of Iowa fans who have had scoreboard all around me. So I'm not checking out on this season whatsoever. I want to be there, and I'll be loud on Friday, and I want you to join me for that. We're going to do a little Iowa trivia today in the lie detector. So we look forward to that. Uh, we will have your morning. Not right now, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as as soon as you yes, said coming up in a half line, hour. Yeah. Come on, come on. We've been doing this contest for ten years. Um, nope, start calling the same now time. for the next ten. Fantasy minutes. Huskers in ten minutes. Uh, that is coming up <laughs> a little bit more uh, shortly. And uh, Greg Sharp is going to join us. Voice of the Huskers. Girl Lincoln is off today. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's it. I Only one it, guest today. Yeah, in the in the uh, eight ten segment, which there's been really good eight ten segments this week. We're going to give away some Nebraska ball tickets to the Sunday's game. We have so much to give away. Holy cow. All right. Well, listen here for all the information and how to go to every Husker sporting event ever. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> That's all coming up at 625. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Team meteorologist, Britton Foster. It's the weekly fantasy draft that could win you a whole lot more. Time to play Fantasy Huskers on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. All right, it's time to play Fantasy Huskers. Let's make a pick for Nebraska and Wisconsin. And if you make the closest pick to what actually happens, you got yourself a staycation package from Valentino's Cornhusker Marriott and Adventure Golf. Question this week, how many yards rushing does the Wisconsin offense get against the Nebraska defense? Wisconsin averaging 227 a game on the ground. Nebraska giving up 132 a game on the ground. And so uh, kind of a wide range there. But Lewis is going to tell us exactly what is going to happen here. Good morning, Lewis. How are you doing today? Good morning. Real good. All right. What do you think on this one, man? Wisconsin going to have a big running day or not? I think we're going to play pretty good. I'm going to say 157. 157. All right. You are in at 157, Lewis. Nobody else has that. Best of luck, and uh, we'll let you know if you're a winner, all right? Okay. Thank right. you. There you go, Lewis. Enjoy. You uh, you see the guest from Drive Time Lincoln last night? Nate went with uh, 240. Jeez. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Oh, it is. That's right. You and Nate are two pessimistic dudes, huh? All right. That that's what they generally say about me and Nate. Me and Nate. Three picks left this week. This afternoon drive time, Lincoln. Tomorrow morning on the Friday Husker tailgate, and then uh, and then Friday afternoon mm-hmm. on drive um, time, Lincoln. Actually, no, because Friday afternoon. There will not be drive. There's time, no DTL Lincoln. Friday afternoon. That's okay. correct because you have Nebraska men's basketball. So just two more okay. picks. Two more picks this afternoon and tomorrow. You're going to have a better shot to win this, this week. week than you usually do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next week we'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as per regular, at least on the morning show. Um, and then we'll do a special one on the morning of Friday. Because we'll do Correct. extended pregame slash tailgate for Friday, Black Friday, before the Iowa game. Which we'll be giving tickets away to in a half hour. 
Yeah. We'll play a little lie detector. Yes, All right. I got a lot of sound off stuff we need to get to, so let's do look that. at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. The Rittenhouse jury is still deliberating, going into another day of that today. Meanwhile, the defense team is making motions to throw the case out. As the jury is set to deliberate for a third day, Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team is seeking a mistrial on the grounds that they were not provided with a clear copy of drone footage that ended up being key in the prosecution's case. That footage showing what transpired leading up to Rittenhouse shooting and killing 36-year-old Joseph Rosenbaum. The prosecution claiming it was just a technical error. But Judge Bruce saying he will consider the request for a mistrial depending on the jury's decision. And as the jury was sent home for a second night with no verdict, loud protests continued outside the courthouse with BLM protesters clashing with Rittenhouse supporters. Police quickly moved in as protesters scuffled. One man was hit with a camera by a protester and several arrests were made. Is that place going to blow up after this uh, verdict either way? Sounds like it Uh Um, with all of that. But yeah, interesting you know, you never know what it means when a jury takes that long. It seems like in a lot of the super high-profile jury trials that have happened over the last couple of years, it's been pretty fast verdicts, and so this is an exception, um, and and probably means there's maybe a, a juror or two that's a, that's a holdout from, from the majority, and they're going back and forth on this whole thing. Uh, we'll see if we get a verdict on that today. Uh, the president is upset that gas prices are getting so high. Hey! Me too. Yes. A lot of us are. President Biden has told the Federal Trade Commission to look into possible illegal behavior by gas companies. He sent a letter to the FTC saying gas prices at the pump remain high, even though costs for gas companies are declining. He said the price for unfinished gas over the past month was down by 5%, but pump prices were up by 3%. The president wrote he's concerned about anti-competitive or otherwise potentially illegal companies. Mm. In Washington, Joel Nato, Fox News. Okay, does that have something to do with it? I will tell you this, unrelated to the actual gas prices, at least I think so. Can I just say this after having done a little traveling? um, The American convenience store concept is expanded to a point where it's fantastic. (laughs) The... (laughs) There is, I mean, the amount of, like, decent food available at these places. Yeah. Everyone has pizza now. I mean, if you don't have pizza at your gas station, that's decent pizza. Uh, You're kind of out of the convenience store game right Uh now uh at this point. I don't know. I've just just noticed that that convenience stores are up in their games lately. Right. And it's... I'm, I'm sure there, there's a bunch of other places, but but here and in, in kind of in, in the Great Plains, there's really the Casey's model. There's a, well, what, yeah. what, what, what we see and we're going to recognize is a lot like that. That model, it, it's Casey's versus Hy-Vee gas uh, or fresh and fast versus oh, right. come and go. Yeah, that I mean it's a it's a three headed battle over a lot of the region. Now maybe there's some other ones that I'm I'm forgetting, but those seem to be the the three when I've been traveling recently that are mm-hmm. they just keep up in their game and up in their game. I'm I, I'm afraid that's driving going to drive gas prices up. They 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 got so much good food in there. They got to make some money somewhere. I need some gas. I need a pack of gum. I'll take a lottery ticket and uh what is that salmon? Yeah, let's get some salmon. You joke. There's uh, there, I guarantee there's a gas station in in 
Lincoln, Nebraska right now that I can find salmon. Not joking. Like, yeah, like that's I guarantee there's... Can you guys smell some butter? One of those high V ones where they bring all the groceries. Oh, for in. sure. Yeah. They, I mean, there's absolutely sushi in there. I guarantee I can get salmon in a gas station right now. Uh, all right, what else do we have? <laughs> uh, oh, this is just what we need. The next pandemic. Okay, <laughs> look, calm down here for, for just a minute. But apparently health officials are saying, hey... It's time to really take the flu seriously in coming years because that could be the next big thing when it comes to a pandemic. The National Academy of Medicine's warning the global community not to become complacent and to invest billions of dollars in flu vaccines in the upcoming years, especially in low and middle income countries, as it predicts an influenza pandemic comparable to that of 1918 that cost millions of deaths worldwide. It says influenza is very likely to be at the center of a future pandemic and could kill an estimated 33 million people. It's urging scientists to begin developing next-generation vaccines in large numbers in preparation. The president of the National Academy of Medicine says seasonal influenza and the next influenza pandemic could emerge at any time. Sue Guzman, Fox News. Fantastic. That's going to be a no from me. At least we have the convenience stores. (laughs) Right. Jeez, that, they are the de- they're the definition of of why they're called. It's convenience. <laughs> it's what it is. Like they're like properly named. <laughs> Caleb Caleb just gets notified that potentially a flu pandemic that could kill thirty three million people is on no, the way. I just want to go back to the convenience. <laughs> Caleb's store like, stuff. but they're so convenient. But, just, they really live up to the name. You know what makes me feel better right now? Talking about convenience stores, not sure, talking about the too. next pandemic. Me too. I'm not gonna lie. You know, in crushed ice. Uh, if you like the crushed ice, if you like the whole cube dice, you can get either, right? Yeah. But you can make your own like milkshakes. So here, um, I, I noticed this at, at one of the one of the convenience stores is there. There's like there's Lunchables, but there's what my girlfriend and I call the adult Lunchables, mm-hmm. the ones that have like the really nice salami. Yeah, and, 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 some almonds. Yeah, and it's like okay, those are. I noticed that there the other day, and yeah. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, I'm telling you. There's a walk-in fridge for all your beer needs. <laughs> I know. Like you can just buy a keg. It's, it's unbelievable. You're you're actually able to call and order food. Like they they will go through and just make something up right there. Anyway, that flu pandemic is going to suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ever? Uh, I mean, the answer for me to this is absolutely no. But maybe it's not for you. You ever broken your iPhone and been like, you know what? I want to fix this myself, (laughs) but I don't have the tools to do so. Well, again, never had that desire in my life. Uh, I can't give my phone away and my money away fast enough for someone else to fix it. But if you're that person, well, good news for you. Apple will be launching a self-service repair program early next year, which will allow customers who are comfortable with completing their own repairs access to Apple's genuine parts and tools. The focus will be on the most common serviced items, including phone display, battery, and camera, with additional repair options to be added later in the year. This is a major step for Apple, since they're known for having tight reins on the repair process, focused around Apple's stores and authorized service providers. Apple's new repair program will be first available for the company's most recent iPhone 12 and 13 lineups, and would then be followed by Mac computers running on Apple's M1 chips. Hillary Barsky, Fox oh News. Oh my goodness! Listen, after having built a deck, I've got I've got a hard enough time with like 
regular-sized projects, <laughs> getting into the micro-project when I'm using a little tweezers or something to right. get inside of a phone, that sounds like a nightmare. That sounds terrible. So that's a no for me. If it's broke, I'm going to take it to one of those one of those nice places in town where they can fix it for me and be glad to... Well, I'm going to let someone who is trained in this do it. Oh, it gives me a headache. Oh, my gosh. It just gives me a headache to even think about. <laughs> it makes me want to take my glasses off so I can... I got to get bifocals, Caleb. I think I got to get bifocals. I can't look at my phone now without taking my glasses really? off at this point. It moved fast. It moved fast in the last year. I'm just warning you. You got you probably got another decade, but at some point, whew, when it goes, it goes. Like the the degeneration of your vision has been exponential. Yeah, it really since has. I got here. It's it's been the last year that right now I seriously can't read anything on my phone with my glasses on anymore. I always take them off. You probably see me do it all yeah. the time. I'm, I, I gotta as, get bifocals. As I someone think. with perfect vision, I'm very confused about what it's you're gonna. Doing co- it'll come for you. It'll come for you. I don't know if you guys had, and and that's the thing is I, you know, I could use. Re- I've I've bought reading glasses, just the cheapos mm-hmm. at the drugstore and and that kind of thing. But I never have them. Like I don't really wear them. I'm not reading anything small long enough to ever have them with me or know where they even are. So okay. it's just about taking my glasses off here at this point. So. That's going to be the next step for me. Uh, if you're looking at toys here for Christmas that you're buying in the next week, especially after Thanksgiving, you might want to stay away from a few of these. They put out the 2021 Dangerous Toys list. Don't get your kids these. Jeez. I only Radio shot this Flyers, list. Spin and Saucer, Squeaky Minis, Poppy the Bunny, The Nerf, Hyper Rush, 40 Blaster. If these are among the toys on your holiday shopping list, you'd better think twice. Every three minutes, a child is treated for a toy-related injury. Dangerous toys continue to pollute the marketplace. Jones Sith is president of Watch, or World Against Toys Causing Harm, announcing their picks for the 10 worst toys of 2021 with some sobering statistics. Nearly 200,000 kids were hurt by some of their toys last year alone. In a three-year period, 51 of them died as a result of those injuries. Karen McHugh, Fox News. It's something you don't you don't really uh, think of, but yeah, they they put out the list, and again, I've got the list now. Polluting the marketplace. In, in fr- the squeaky minis, Poppy the bunny, potential for battery ingestion injuries. Radio flyer spin and saucer, potential for impact injuries. Bright starts tummy time prop and play, potential for suffocation. Perfectly cute my little baby feed and go set, potential for ingestion and choking injuries. Nerf hyper rush forty blaster, potential for eye and facial injuries. Uh, rollers light up heel skates, potential for blunt impact injuries. Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins Ninja Strike Sickles, potential for blunt force and eye injuries. Hover One, my first hoverboard, potential for head and other impact injuries. Walmart, my life as a shopping basket, what? Potential for choking injuries. Guys, I can find a way for literally any toy to be dangerous. Yeah. You probably could. You probably, I mean, yeah. Hey, I- I'll tell you what, though. It does remind me of that SNL sketch from the 70s with Dan Aykroyd, where he would bring on the super dangerous toys, and Jane Curtin would interview him and be like, yeah, it's a, it's a bag of broken glass. It's broken glass. Kids love it, you know? Bag of glass. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch that skit. It's lit. Hey, you know, kids can't get enough of this stuff. Bag of broken glass, you know? <laughs> 
Should YouTube... Did YouTube make a good move by getting rid of its dislike button? Do you even click those? Th- I don't think I've ever clicked that I dislike a YouTube video in my entire life. No. But they have it, and uh, one of its founders is saying, yeah, you shouldn't get rid of that. YouTube recently announcing it will hide dislike counts from public view in an effort to curb harassment. Javed Karim, one of the platform's founders, is bashing the move, suggesting it will lead to the site's decline. In an edited description of Me at the Zoo, the first video shared to YouTube in 2005, he explains the importance of dislikes, posting the ability to easily and quickly identify bad content is an essential feature of a user-generated content platform asking does YouTube want to become a place where everything is mediocre because nothing can be great if nothing is bad Christine Goodwin Fox News Wow put it on a poster with a kitten Nothing can be great if nothing is bad interesting last but not least carry that sign into Memorial Stadium I've never clicked that. Now I feel like I need to go dislike some videos just to make that guy happy. <laughs> i got to show you my hate. This one stinks. <laughs> go, go find my friends' videos of their kids, like Christmas programs or stuff. Missing all the notes. Thumbs down. Uh, last but not least, this is funny. Apparently on Monday Night Football, Rams are playing the uh, 49ers. Matthew Stafford is the quarterback for the Rams. You don't need to know that necessarily, but you're going to want to know this whether you're a football fan or not. His wife was being very supportive of him up in the stands so much that she got in, well, she got in a food fight. Replying to a post on Instagram, Kelly Stafford apologized for throwing a pretzel at a San Francisco 49ers fan during Monday night's game at Levi's Stadium between the Niners and the L.A. Rams. The wife of Rams QB Matthew Stafford admitted to having a weak moment after a Niners fan harassed her group during the game with insults about the Rams and her husband's performance. Kelly Stafford writing, quote, I tried to apologize, but in the end knew I was wrong. Will always stand up for my guy and everyone I love, but obviously needed to do it completely different. Matt Napoli- Tano, Fox News. Was this a soft pretzel? I believe that's what the kids would call a ride or die. I don't know what that means. That's okay. Okay. Again, I just want to know if it's a soft pretzel or a hard our pretzel. Younger, a, our younger listeners know what I'm saying. That's a very different. That's a very different question. If it's a soft pretzel or a hard pretzel. So if that's a soft pretzel and I catch it, might eat it. Here's the thing, though. Is the is the like was it, it was just dipped in cheese and that was cheese is hot? Was mustard involved? Because now we're getting dangerous. We, I mean, we're talking about a whole range of different severities of this with all these questions that we're bringing up. Kelly Stafford, let us know. Shoot us a text. On a- we will stay pretty chilly out there. Highs in the mid forties, not as gusty with sunny skies. I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Brittany Foster. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. Yeah, let's see what they got for you. And uh, we got Shelby from the Capital Humane Society joining us right now. Good morning, Shelby. How are you doing? Good morning. Well, thank you. Good. Tell us about the pets that you're featuring this week. Yeah, so I wanted to highlight Milo. He is uh, about a a one-and-a-half-year-old American Foxhound. Um, he is a, a handsome guy who is looking for a home where he can run around and have fun, and he just loves to tell everybody about his day. So somebody <laughs> who appreciates that kind of personality is perfect. But um, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy who would love maybe um, an owner who loves to get out and explore. You know, those hounds love to get out sure. and sniff around. Yep. So um, maybe a, 
a walking partner to keep somebody company coming into the winter. Very cool. What else we got? Yeah, and then we have Addie, who is uh, about a one-and-a-half-year-old female pit bull mix. Um, she actually came to us from uh, another rescue, and she has actually gone through some obedience training and earned that Canine Good Citizen um, Award last July. So she already knows quite a bit of obedience and commands and is now just looking um, for that right home that will keep up on her training. Very good. If people want to make an adoption, how can they go about it, Shelby? Yeah, we actually started a brand new system this week. They can visit our website, um, and they'll get a link at the top of our website to join what is called QS, which is a virtual line, which is similar to what like restaurants use mm-hmm. for um, when you're getting in line for a table. Um, and so people can get in line that way, and they'll give them an estimate about how long until their turn. Um, so we're not doing appointments anymore, and people cool. can just get in that line in order to come adopt a pet. Hey, well, thanks for letting us know about that new system. Appreciate it. Thanks, Shelby. We'll check in again soon. Have a good one, all right? Have a good one. There you go, Shelby from Capital Humane Society. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Now, I've spent a lot of time in Iowa. I went to college there. I married a married a uh, girl from Iowa. Sorry, I sat on my wallet again. Weird. Um, made my phone make a noise. And so, uh, I've been kind of accustomed to the ways of the Iowan. It's made this game a big one for me. So, we want to see how well you know your Iowa celebs. We're going to do a little thing that we call the lie detector. Now, normally, it's two truths and a lie. But we've changed it this week to two lies and a truth. Because everything's backwards in Iowa. So we are going to give you three names, uh, one of which is a person who was born in Iowa, two of which were very much not born in Iowa. So you've got to identify the truth. You've got to identify the one Iowan. Who sounds most or seems most like they would be an Iowan out of these groups of three? And Show me the truth. I think this should be fun. And uh, we'll see. And if we go really fast on this, who knows? Caleb and I, uh, we, I, I worked so hard on getting all these names together. We may find some more prizes so we can keep playing the game. We will see. <laughs> all right. But uh, John was caller four, so he gets the first shot at this. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Uh, good. Okay, so here's how it works. I'm going to give you three names. All you got to tell me is who is the native Iowan? Who was born in Iowa? Pretty simple, all right? Yeah, you think. <laughs> it's a one in three chance, man. It's a one in three chance. All right. Number one, and you should know who all these celebs are. They're all pretty much A-list celebs. Uh, Elijah Wood, Chris Pratt, or Winona Ryder. Elijah Wood, Chris Pratt, or Winona Ryder, who was born in Iowa. Uh, Ryder. Was it Winona Ryder? Nope, it wasn't. See ya. One I, I, hung up on, I hung up on him before he even said no. I feel I was kind of really aggressive on that. All right, Mike's going to take a shot. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. Do you, how well do you think you can identify Iowans? Well, do you, they have that many well-known stars born there? <laughs> well, I, I guess we'll see. More than you might think. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Did you just take your wallet out? I'm taking out? my wallet what out. I he... keep sitting. Okay. Uh, all right, here you go. Name the Iowan. Kate Spade, John Goodman, or Andy Williams? Kate Spade, John Goodman, or Andy Williams? Oh, uh, let's go with Goodman. Is it John Goodman? Yeah, I kind of would have guessed that too, but it's not. He seems like an Iowan. He's not. Opens up two phone lines, 402-479-1400. Oh, for 2 so far, Caleb. Looks like I did my job this week. We'll see if Brent can do it. Hi, Brent. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. Here you go. Name the Iowan. Hugh Hefner, Adam Devine, 
and Kristen Bell. Did I pronounce that middle one correctly, by the way, Caleb? Is it Adam or is it Devine? I always wonder. Man, right. I, I, I always go back and forth. Hugh Hefner, too. Adam Devine, or Kristen Bell? Which one is the native island? Well, I have a 66% chance of getting this wrong, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> you look at it that way. I'm a glass yeah, half full right. guy. We're going to go with Bell. Is it Kristen Bell? No! Keith says, I thought this contest is different because not enough celebs from I would have two per choice. That's exactly right, to be honest. Wow, has no one gotten one right yet? I am really starting to starting to get to a good place on uh, making these tests. All right, Steve is next. Hi, Steve. Good morning. All right, which one is an Iowan born in Iowa? Donna Reed, Fred Hoiberg, or The Rock? Donna Reed, Fred Hoiberg, or The Rock? Oh, my. I'm going to go with Fred. Is it Fred Hoiberg? Was he born in Iowa? No! (laughs) Woo! Caleb! Well, no more drive today. This just... Hold on. This is just something that can warn you. There are probably... This means Iowans walking amongst us, and we have no idea. (laughs) People, you had no idea. They're everywhere. All right, back to the phones. And I can say that because I'm married to one. Uh, John is next. Hi, John. Hello, how are you? All right, here we go again. All right, try this one. Vince Vaughn, Laura Ingalls Wilder, or Johnny Carson? Vince Vaughn, Laura Ingalls Wilder, or Johnny Carson? Let's go Vince Vaughn. Is it Vince Vaughn? (laughs) Have we ever gone this long? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Just zero correct. Not a single correct answer. You got to get three to win the stinking tickets. Identify the Iowan. This is alerting us to an issue that we Nebraskans have, I think, more than anything. Okay, Caleb, I mean, I'm glad that I've identified this problem that we can't tell. This is an issue. This is a big issue. All right, hopefully Brent can get us back going again. All right, Brent, you ready? I guess. All right. (laughs) John J. Pershing... Laura Ingram or Buffalo Bill? John J. Pershing, Laura Ingram or Buffalo Bill? I'll go with Pershing. Is it John J. Pershing? No! <laughs> Still, this is amazing. This is an unprecedented run right now. Just posted a got. shutout. All right, Mike is going to try again. All right, Mike. Well, by the way, we're playing for Nebraska-Iowa football tickets. Just identify the Iowan. I give you a name okay. of three celebrities, and uh, you just tell me which one is the Iowan. All right. You ready for this, Mike? Sure. All right. John Wayne, Tom Selleck, or Christy Brinkley? John Wayne, Tom Selleck, or Christy Brinkley? The Duke. Is it the Duke? Yes! In fact, he is an in-law of mine. He is, well, related. He, is, he, is a, uh, he is an in-law of mine now. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a diluted path, but yes, that's true. All right. uh, congratulations on being the first person to get the one first right. First question right. Can you get two <laughs> more, though, Mike? All right. Ed, uh, Ed Asner, Michael McDonald, or Ashton Kutcher? Ed Asner. Kutcher. Is it Ashton Kutcher? Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. We'll see how you do on this last one. Joe Burrow, Chuck Norris, or Joanna Gaines? Joe Burrow, Chuck Norris, or Joanna Gaines? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> I don't have any other. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any other people here. Mark's <laughs> Mark's not here today. 
Uh, one more time. One more time. Okay. Sorry. Joe Burrow, as in the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Chuck Norris, as in the martial as, arts guy. As, as in Chuck Norris. The Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> or Joanna Gaines, as in the reality Chip and Joanna, whatever they do. Yeah. Build houses or uh, HGTV stuff. HGTV crap. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mr. Norris. Is it Chuck Norris? On the brink. On the brink. (sighs) Which of these two is next? I don't remember. Number two or three? Uh, It's number two. We're going in order through them now. Okay, good. All right. All right, Steve, you ready? Yep. Again, uh, name the Iowan. <laughs> name the Iowan living among us. All right. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, George Reeves, or Kirstie Alley? Charles Lindbergh, George Reeves, or Kirstie Alley? Superman, George Reeves. George Reeves. Yes. Good job. Good job. All right. Here we go again. Cheryl, Clark, Cheryl Crow, Glenn Fry, or Tom Arnold? Cheryl Crow, Glenn Fry, or Tom Arnold? Tom Arnold. It is Tom Arnold. Good great. There you go. One more. One more does it. All right. Back to the beginning here. Kate Spade, John Goodman, or Andy Williams? Kate Spade, John Goodman, or Andy Williams? What was the last one? Andy Williams is uh, the, oh, the singer. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Go- that's He's from Iowa. Going with Andy? That's correct. Yeah. Steve rolls through it. And just in time for us to start listening to some Andy Williams going, it's the holiday season, so whoop did oop and diggle-it-duck. All right, hey, good job. Uh, you identified the Iowans. That means you are fit to go into the stadium and cheer against the Iowans. You're getting tickets Thank for the you. game. Congratulations, Steve. Thank, Thank you very much. Hang tight. Guys, this is an issue. This is an issue. I, I, I thought here in Nebraska we had a, 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 an ability to, you know, just, just kind of get a sense of the Iowans among us. And now these are the most high-profile Iowans you could, ever, you could ever imagine. And we don't know who they are. Who knows? They could be living in our own homes. It's terrifying. In fact, in my case, I think they are. Man, I'm going to be in trouble tonight. I'm in so much I think trouble. you're in trouble right now. I'm good. No, I probably am. <laughs> I, I think I just concocted a. It's always an interesting week when Iowa comes to town. They are among us. Let's go through these, Caleb. <laughs> Can we? This was a rough game for you guys. Well, these were these were tricky. Some of these were tricky because they're folks that you think of as Nebraskans. Some of them are, yes, that were actually born. Or this was born in Iowa. Right. Okay. Elijah Wood, Chris Pratt, Winona Ryder. Did you know this one? Well, you know all of them because they're in front of you. Yeah. Elijah Wood is actually born in Iowa. I, d- I didn't I know that ahead that. of time. No. I would have never known that. Um, let's see. He was born. Let, let's see if we can, figure, if you can tell us where exactly he was born in Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids in 1981. Good old Elijah Wood. Uh, Lord of the Rings fans, you should be happy about that, uh, or maybe not. And then we had the uh, Andy Andy Williams one, John yep. Goodman, not from Iowa. It seems like he definitely could be. I don't think anybody would have said Kate Spade was from Iowa, but I threw it in there anyway. <laughs> Dude, Andy Williams, uh, that that Christmas song, we're gonna hear so much. It sounds like sounds like he came back from the speakeasy at two in the morning, and they told him to 
put out a Christmas song, and he's like, uh, so doop doop wop and zip it a doop, and don't forget to hang up your sock, yeah. How much have you had to drink tonight, Andy? Hey, you said it's we're fine. Rec- Let's go, dick it and duck. You said we're recording. All right. <laughs> it's the holiday season. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hugh Abner, Adam Devine, Kristen Bell. This is one of those trick questions. Adam Devine, everybody's like, hey, he's a Nebraskan. Born in Iowa. Born in Iowa. Hmm. Is he a secret agent? D- I mean, you've got to ask if he is. Born in 1983 in Waterloo. Okay. Okay. Donna Reed, Fred Hoiberg, or The Rock? This, this was, was a, a trick question. One. Fred Hoiberg, born Lincoln, Nebraska. Born in Nebraska. Moved to Iowa. Donna Reed. Donna Reed was born in Iowa. Hmm. Donna Reed show. You used to watch that at Nick at Night all the time when they put that on tv also she was in uh she was in another thing that you're going to see pretty soon um uh in uh what's a wonderful life oh right right right, born in denison iowa all right i gotta move a little bit faster here don't i uh vince vaughn laura ingles wilder johnny carson think of johnny carson nebraska born in iowa oh born in iowa sorry uh john j pershing laura ingram buffalo bill cody Buffalo Bill, born in Iowa. Danica Patrick, Herbert Hoover, Walter Cronkite. Did I even do this one? Did I skip this one? I don't remember. No, you skipped this one. I accidentally skipped it. Uh, Herbert Herbert Hoover, former president, born in Iowa. John Wayne, Tom Selleck, Christy Brinkley. He got that right. And and that wasn't a joke, by the way. My my in-laws are related to John Wayne. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, Don Johnson, Cloris Leachman. That's Cloris Leachman, born in Iowa. Got this one. Ed Asner, Michael McDonald, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher was born in Iowa. He talks about that a lot. Joe Burrow, Chuck Norris, Joanna Gaines. Another one who came through Lincoln. Went to the old daycare over there on Saint Mar- at St. Mark's. He was in the giraffes room, I think, for a while. You love bringing that up. <laughs> but he was born in Iowa. Born in Iowa. Uh, George Reeves was in Iowa. We got that one. And then uh, Cheryl Crow, Glenn Fry, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold talks a lot about being from Iowa. So that's it. This is a new game. Iowans Among Us. <laughs> Spot the Iowan. It's going to be like a police lineup. There's going to be three people up there going to be like, which one of them's from <laughs> Iowa? I want to make it a visual game next time <laughs> and just have just like three random, like, uh, r- random Facebook profiles or something. <laughs> Spot the Iowa. I- no, it's Iowans Among Us. <laughs> Man. I'm in so much trouble tonight. <laughs> All right, it's 724. We will grab a break. We got sports coming up next on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN. Get today's top new KLIN. All right, let's get it started. Mark Vale is out today. So, Caleb, you're our narrator today. You ready? I'm ready. Number five. Well, we've had a full day to digest the interview with Trev Alberts from yesterday. Anyone that hasn't heard it, podcast up at KLIN.com. Uh, Jack, we, we had our immediate responses later that hour. But now that you've had some time to look back at it, your biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway is, uh, number one, um, boy, I, I I feel confident in in Trev. I, do, I feel confident and happy that Trev's in the place that he is at this point. He's incredibly thoughtful. He's um, he's transparent. It, uh, he um, 
there's a lot to like about him. He's his focus is leadership. He seems to be uh, he seems to have some level of wisdom about the things that he is he's doing right now based upon experience. And he's a smart guy, and he always has been. And so that's number one. Um, that kind of the smaller things. Um, I did think it was interesting that he said that these metrics that were talked about in the contract, mutually agreed upon metrics that would trigger a raise and an extension. Uh, he told us that they have already been decided on. They're just not public. That's something that there's a lot of speculation about. Uh, and then the other thing that got kind of the most interest of anything, I uh, at least just kind of out there in the media beyond us, was the comment about Trev saying, when I asked him, I basically said, were there systemic things wrong that were hurting the football program outside of the coaching? And his answer to that was, I don't want to come in and bash the people before me the same way I don't like a football coach to come in and bash the previous coaching staff for before them. There were a lot of people who read, I don't know if it was or not, but who read into that 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 was a, a reference to Frost talking about the Riley regime. I don't know if Trev even was aware of that. He was busy in Omaha. So right. I, don't, I don't necessarily think that was the case. I think that was more of a, a general comment. But that does tell me, had Trev been in charge during that time, there would have been conversations with with Frost to say, hey, right. when, when we're talking about stuff, you guys are in charge right now, yeah. so, so we're not going to live on excuses. Um, one of the biggest takeaways that I had was when Trev talked about the prism that we look at these teams through, that it's not 1992 or 1993, it's 2021. And that's that's been an issue for these teams, whether they're looking at them with the the name on the jersey, or they're actually doing what the defense says, nameless, faceless opponent. Mm -hmm. But we've seen this team play up to the competition or play down to the competition. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, the things that even as fans, we can't just look at Obviously, we could this year with Northwestern, but can't just look at Illinois and go, that's going to be a win. Minnesota, that's going to be a win. You have to go into every game saying, they can beat us. That possibility is there. We have to bring our best. Right. So from a program standpoint, recognizing that, and as, as Trev said, the sooner that you accept that, that that is the reality in 2021, the better you can be prepared going forward building your program. Yep, I, I agree. Um, if you missed it, go ahead and take a listen uh, to it. It's become almost our most downloaded podcast of uh, all time here. It may end up being that after right. all is said and done. Uh, in about five plus seven years, I believe, of, of podcasts, you, mm-hmm. can, you can listen. All right, moving on. Number four. Challenges to the Biden administration's vaccine mandate targeting employers with more than 100 employees will be consolidated and heard by the Ohio-based 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals after it was chosen Tuesday by a ping-pong ball lottery. The conservative-leaning appeals court could help determine the ultimate fate of President Joe Biden's most controversial push to date to ensure that as many Americans as possible are vaccinated against COVID-19, especially after the emergence of a new strain of the virus. Okay, so this this is this is interesting just from a court procedure standpoint because there were all of these lawsuits there was a wave of lawsuits saying that that OSHA was overstepping its bounds here in a whole bunch of different districts a statute that governs OSHA means if this happens there were 34 lawsuits in 12 different courts of appeals they want to consolidate them into one case per statute the way that they do this Congress told them to Basically, they take all of the judicial circuits with an active challenge and they write their name or number on a ping pong ball. Then they put them in a solid wood raffle drum. The panel clerk then draws a ball like it's the NBA lottery. (laughs) 
with a court circuit number at. He picks this circuit that you had mentioned there. With, with, with the first pick in the draft, the yes, sixth is US Ohio, circuit. The sixth U.S. circuit in Ohio, which has two times as many judges that were appointed by Republicans as Democrats, including several who were appointed by Trump. But they're going to pick out three judges out of the circuit judges for this panel, and that's also picked randomly. And so you could end up with any makeup, but the likelihood is, is just on the numbers, is that you're going to have judges who are appointed by Republicans, and, and who knows if that determines what is going to happen Wait, with this whole so, thing. But in, in general, it's with the numbers, it's a good thing for people who are opposing uh, the vaccine mandate for from OSHA. So you, you've got that with the ping pong balls, and then they're going to randomly select the judges. Yes. And we just talked about how Kyle Rittenhouse right. randomly pulled names out There's of the hat. There's a lot more drawing in the, the legal system the than you The legal system is very weird. Yes. Like it is it is much weirder than like you imagine without it being without it being covered like this. Right. I, I had no idea that this was even a possibility to do something like that. And by the way, the timeline on this, this OSHA rules is supposed to take effect on January fourth. That's when the whole thing would go. You got so, a month and a half. So they'll they'll get uh moving on that. They'll get the judicial panel and the Fifth Circuit already ruled on it, but they since they didn't get picked, uh-huh. to, to, they didn't get their number picked. That they, they the Justice Department could could dissolve the order, and they could go for it. Now they got to go forward with the sixth sixth page. But maybe you get an idea what the sixth district is going to do. Is there a possibility that as things are moving here over the next month and before that January fourth comes up, that they could say because we're hearing this, you have to delay that going into effect? They could apply. I mean, you could apply for some kind of a. I assume now this is all mandate. It's a special kind of area of law because it's dealing with OSHA rules and mm-hmm. Congress's mandate, this whole ping-pong drawn balls thing, but I assume yeah. I assume you, you, there could be something where they apply for a, some sort of a temporary restraining order on, on the whole thing as well. Because so, it feels uh, like that, that's what we always saw with the uh, Keystone XL, was yes. every time stuff was coming up, it kept getting delayed to be heard. And Yeah, so we'll see if that really happens in January or not. Number three. Husker fans could see an end to the balloon release tradition, which dates back to the 1960s. The Association of Students of the University of Nebraska last week unanimously supported a resolution to encourage stopping balloon releases on campus and at Husker football games. Jack, there have been these resolutions before. There have been these calls before. Will anything come of this one? I don't know. It feels like eventually this thing will probably... There's going to be enough momentum to to let it die out that it probably will, just because the the combination of the helium prices and concerns about environmental stuff, it feels like it's going that direction. You know, I don't. How many balloons are in the student section? Not many. I don't think it's mainly for kids. Right, right. It, yeah. It's oh. I'll tell you what, my son's first football game at Memorial Stadium was when Nebraska played South Dakota State back several several years ago, and Nebraska's offense was slow getting going. <laughs> and my son was, I don't know, he was probably six or seven years old at that point. Oh, that balloon. Just sad. That, sad no, balloon. No, it wasn't sad. It was annoying to deal with. <laughs> To, 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 I mean, Dad, can you? Oh, it's come. You know, you got it tied around his hand. It's getting uh-huh. tangled up around people. I'm like, I just want to watch this game. The balloon. So, I, like, th- th- that's my last memory with the balloon, <laughs> and so it isn't a good one necessarily. <laughs> and people letting them off after field goals against Ohio State. Oh my God! Just going. Yes, finally points. Um, but that—that's along the lines of 
standing up at a basketball game until your team scores, and all of a sudden you're three minutes into the game going, I really hope they score sometime. This is kind of dragging. I don't want to get to the media timeout. I just, uh, I'm not tied enough to that tradition to get too too fired up if they if they do end up. I'm not passionately it, so. for it, but I do kind of like seeing it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's really nice to see. Obviously, we get all the pictures every time they release the balloons. Like you can look up and watch them going. That said, as soon as they're outside of the stadium, I immediately forget them. So so if there's something going on beyond that. I can understand the Listen, concerns. I'm way more worried about the touchdowns than the balloons. <laughs> yes. I will tell this story, though. When we first moved here, my parents, who were, uh, my dad was a grad student, so he had season tickets. They went to the Florida State game. It would have been in, was it 86? It was like the first, one of the first night games at Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. My parents went to it. They beat Florida State. I stayed at my grandparents' house, uh, who at the time lived uh, kind of in the Norris area in Holland, Nebraska. And I woke up and we walked to church. You always walk to church with them uh-huh. afterwards on Sunday. We got up and we walked to church. And I kid you not, came down their driveway the morning after, and there was a balloon that was red <laughs> and it said "and tassels" on it, which is what they—that was the organization that that uh, sold the balloons at that point. And I, I found a balloon from the Knights game before, <laughs> so you wonder when those end up. Well, some of them ended up at least in 1986 in in Holland, Nebraska. Good. There's your story. <laughs> Number two. LPD seeing car theft spike, as they usually do in the winter, with thefts up 66% this month over the last several years. 26% of car thefts happen when people leave their keys in the car or running. Jack, do you ever think about this when you think about leaving your car well, running? I got, you know, I, got, I have a garage now, and so that's... But I will tell you what, back in the day... When, when my wife and I first got married, we lived in those apartments over at 66th and Vine, uh-huh. and I woke up every morning and in the winter, and I thought I was being very chivalrous at the time, woke up every morning uh, while my wife was getting ready, because I was still in law school, and so I actually left the house a little bit later than she did, but I got up early and turned on her car and got it all heated up for her and left her. I did that basically every morning. Our cars were crappy. They never got stolen, but I didn't think twice about it then, but... Apparently, I should have been. I never think about it because I've got a remote start. Ooh. So, so the vehicle stays Ooh. locked. The keys aren't actually in it. So Jeez. Like, wow. You can come up and you, you can break into the car. It's not going to go anywhere. Living in affluent Midtown Lincoln here. That's, yep. I've never had a car with a remote start. I don't know what that's like. I, so I got, the before we got this Jeep, when I bought my... Uh, when I bought my Chevy Cruze back in 2016, it had remote start. And I went, I can never go without remote start now. Like, I have to have it. How soon do, like, how soon do you do, do you do it from inside? Yeah. How soon do you do it before you, how long does it take I, to warm up? I just do about five minutes. But the doors stay locked? Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how remote start works. Again, this is not a... I will show you. The KLIN vehicle has remote start. It's not a technology I've ever had a chance to try out. Yeah, I'll, so. show, I'll show you how it works. Okay. What? Anyway, uh, be careful leaving here. I have done it at like a gas station when I'm just going to run in, but are there really people just like ready at gas stations looking for that, that car to go? I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. That's fine. It's fine. I can deal with the cold. Hey, don't steal people's cars. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that's the bigger thing. Don't steal people's cars. Jerks. 
number one. The holiday season. <laughs> Zoop did it. Uh, Nebraska women's basketball snapped a five-game losing streak to Creighton and improved to 4-0 with their win last night. Huskers looking like a team with some real potential. Could be in a good place through December. Jack, I know you, we haven't watched a whole lot of the women's basketball. It's early in the year. What's the potential? What's the ceiling for this group? Natty. Natty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I got my first really good look at them last night. Uh, watch and listen to, watch or listen, depending on B, if BTN Plus was working, uh, the entire game. And they had kind of an off-shooting night. They're, some of their stars didn't play like they, they had been this year, but they still were able to pull away and get their first win against Creighton. I like it. You got some young talent. I Amy Williams has put together a good roster there, working on some you know transfers, but also bringing in young four-year talent here from the area as well. I like what she's doing there. I'm excited about. I'm excited about this team. It's nice to have. Frankly, it's nice to have a team that's winning. Hey, finish finish top half of the Big Ten. I think you're in the tournament, especially as yeah. that, that tournament has expanded should, to 68. I would say. I, I would say uh, not just getting in the tournament, but winning some games in the tournament. So is the problem. here's what's going on in the Big Ten. You've got. Mary Maryland at number three, Indiana ranked number four, Iowa ranked number eight, Michigan 13, Ohio State 21. Mm -hmm. So that's just in the Big Ten right now. The conference, as a league, has three total losses. So far this season, good, uh, good conference. It'll be tough. Nebraska opens up. They play Minnesota early, but then that first stretch, the chunk after the New Year of Big Ten games, two against Iowa, Michigan, and Indiana, probably the top three teams in the league. You got four right. games there, right off the bat. If you can get to that stretch, eleven and two or twelve and one, you're probably ranked yourself, mm-hmm. and you're feeling pretty confident. Natty, Natty. Hey, by the way, shout out, shout out Thunderbolts, shout out Alexis Markowski. Very good. Shout yeah. out Lincoln. She scored in double digits. She was yes. she was a force inside, and she's Love only it. gonna get better. Love it. Love it. G B R. Alright, 754. Alexis Markowski! Hey, John Baylor, I don't know why we're talking about John. Oh, get on the get on the Lincoln knows, kids to school. He knows volleyball. Hey, we got her into college. <laughs> 754, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Hey! When you're thinking Huskers, deep three on the left wing, you betcha! Think 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's uh, 812 on a Thursday morning. Normally, uh, this segment on Thursdays, we talk to Robin Eshelman and Dave Alberts, the Grow Lincoln team, talk about new restaurants, retail, uh, economic development. They're out uh, today with some conflicts, and so no Robin and Dave. But I thought we would use this time to kind of take stock on some of the things that we talk about with Robin and Dave. They've been doing their segment with me for, man, I think it's I think it's 10 years now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's ten years, maybe even a little more than that, that they've been doing this with me. And man, how Lincoln has changed since that started. We go back, and I remember some of the very early topics that we would have with listeners when I first started doing the show. It always seemed to come up, and always is an interesting discussion, which is what is that? What is that business? What is that thing that you want in Lincoln that isn't here yet? And for years, for years, I mean, I first started the show, there was no Starbucks, okay? Starbucks was always a big one. Uh, No Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A was one that people were always saying they wanted to see come to Lincoln. Uh, Some people were Whole Foods. 
That was the thing they always wanted. Or Trader Joe's. Okay. Both yeah, of those Trader wanted Joe's. to come. They have now come to Lincoln. And you start just checking these things off in terms of places that have come that people wanted to arrive in Lincoln. They've been there. I'm wondering now... I mean, because those were those were the main ones, and I'm sure there's some other ones, guys, that I'm I'm forgetting as well that you can uh, you can mention to me if you want to shoot me a text on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. But sitting here now in 2021, how many of those things still exist? What are the, the very things, first two texts to come in? The, the their very first Cheesecake Factory, both of Cheesecake them. Factory, both of them. Is that the number one thing now? Is is Cheesecake Factory? Omaha's got one, uh, it, and I like I like cheese. First of all, their menu intimidates me. It is so big. <laughs> that, I, that menu I is a little an, aggressive. I need, I need an hour to work through that thing. One you got to show up knowing what you're getting. Is yeah. what you got to do. So is that is is that it now? Is that the top of the list, or is there something else there? That was one that always came up. The other one that came up really frequently about ten, you know, five ten years ago when we talked about this. That I don't know if I even hear as much now, but the other big one was PF Chang's. Is that still a big deal? I've never even been to a PF Chang. I've been to one once. I think it was in I think it was in Des Moines. Okay. It was the only time that that I've been to one. There's one in Omaha too, I believe. Same area, I think in that West Roads area. What are in Omaha? So not just what Lincoln would want, but what are the places that exist and are popular but aren't here? Right. And some of them are really regional. So yeah, like, like in and out. That's what I was. Yeah, like th- those are. You're not going to get a piggly wiggly in Lincoln, guys. Probably. Pro- like I don't know what the closest in and out would be. So there, there are some people who would say those super regional places that just aren't going to go outside of. Is White Castle just region. in the south? Uh, that's in. There, there's White Castles in Minnesota. Are there? In Minneapolis has White Castles. Those aren't bad. Um, White Castle burgers aren't bad. I've never been. I've never been to a White Castle. I've been to a Crystal in Tennessee. I've been. To, I've gotten some crystals. <laughs> yup. Oh, and there's the other one that comes up. That's the one I forgot. Brad sent the other one. Waffle House. That is the other one that that people say. Which again, I don't know. Is there a Waffle House in Kansas City or St. Louis? There's. Like, I don't yes, know. There, there are Waffle Houses in St. Louis. Okay, and, you would know St. Louis. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of Cheesecake Factory. Ron says top two, number one, Cheesecake, number two, Factory. Marie says Cheesecake Factory. She also says in and out <laughs> Jim says Red Lobster. Oh, oh. sad. Um, Todd says, what about Whataburger? Whataburger. <laughs> I, I, those are those commercials. They always ran during Big 12 basketball games. <laughs> always drove me nuts because I'm like, we don't have one. You advertise, you're like the title sponsor. And there's none in you know a, a big chunk of the big Big Twelve area that's uh-huh. watching this whole thing. I don't know. That's a is that is there a Whataburgers in St. Louis, Kansas City area? If, if there are, I don't remember ever seeing them there. Okay, okay. So so I I don't know what are we what are we forgetting? I mean, we've had a a good job. We've had a good run in in getting over probably a, a decade or a little more than a decade, hitting the Starbucks, hitting the Chick-fil-A, hitting some of those grocery store areas, any of the other ones. What else are we missing? Somebody uh, texted in here and just said bronze. I don't know what that is. Do you know what bronze is? No. B-R-A-U-N-S. All right. What is bronze? I'm going to look that br- with an a- bronze. Oh, I typed in M. I don't know what that is. I'm going to look oh, that up. Oh, ice cream? Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice okay. 
Yeah, it looks. Um, I want fast food. I want more food. Italian places. That's one of the things I got I got used to in in St. Louis. Yeah, you go, you, there's a specific area of St. Louis called the Hill, and there's a bunch of old Italian places, really, really good. Um, and there's obviously there, there's different. There's like Emo's Pizza, which is very that only exists around St. Louis, and it's not that great. But boy, do they love it! Like that is their thing. Um, like they love it the way a lot of people like Casey's Breakfast Pizza because it's what you grew up with and it's in your area. But I got so used to really, really good variety of Italian places to go it's to. It's interesting because when we did Munch Madness, the the world tour for Munch Madness, mm-hmm. the, I mean, there was a great supply. In fact, I was impressed with how much international food there was here. But there was, I mean, look, we got some good, good Italian, I mean, Momo, great, oh, they absolutely. did really well. Vincenzo's, um, uh, really good, but there's not a ton there isn't a ton. Mm-hmm. And if you start getting into things that people want to see back here, speaking of Red Lobster, I wonder if people would say Spaghetti Works. That was one of the things that I was looking at because the, you've got that. Um, there was also one that was kind of chainish, Old Spaghetti Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, macaroni Grill is another one. Right. That was I did like macaroni. I know I get it's a chain. I get that. But for a chain, I, I mm-hmm. did kind of like macaroni macaroni grill. But we got a Chick-fil-A because that's what we wanted then, right? Uh, here's one from Jason. Schlotzky's. Which used to be multiple I, locations in Lincoln. I got it here in Lincoln. I came and I, I called a, a state championship football game. Yeah, that, that was a place a we ran over. Ran over between games and got oh, food. Oh, I got one for you guys. I have got. If we're talking about places to come back, get doozies back in Lincoln. Get doozies. Have you ever been what, to doozies? What's a Do you doozies? know anything? It's a, it's a sandwich. It's a local sandwich place. There used to be... I'm telling you, that place in about five years had to have 30 locations in Lincoln. They were everywhere. <laughs> in and out. Now, the downtown one was the main one, but they were at Meadow Lane. They were at Clock Tower. They were at 56 and Holdridge. They were in Southeast. They, they were everywhere, but I love that place. Okay. And I think one still exists. I think still one exists. I want to say in Columbus, maybe. I'm not sure. So uh, Officer John says, why don't we have a Hardee's? Used to. Used to at 27th and 0. I feel like everyone used or 25th to have and a Hardee's. It's now the Burger King there. But, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, and then, this is a good question, like, Laura, how about non, non-food non places? Which is, is what I was asking, too. Ikea's got to be the number one non-food place, right? It People does. love them some Ikea. I'm, I don't, I'll be honest, never been in an Ikea. Neither have I. But I've heard wonderful things. I put together a, a, a bunk bed for my daughter from Ikea. Almost killed me. Man, I put together a crib. I put together a dresser. <laughs> Those instructions. Uh, we were talking earlier about me needing bifocals. I think that's what started it. Man, Holy I, cow. Bifocals. I needed a chiropractor. <laughs> and then she also says uh, Crate and Barrel is the other thing. So what's a, what's a Crate and Barrel? That's a, like a home decor store. Okay. My, my wife and my mom are really, or I don't know, they used to be, I don't know if they're still really into it. That used to be a huge thing. But they were also like way into Pier 1. Okay. And then that seemed to sort of lose its luster. They closed now, but they that sort of seemed to lose its luster. Is, is it like Are a those hobby? huge home d- decor stores not as... Is it like a Hobby Lobby or like... Uh, or? It's sort of an upscale. I mean, it's sort of, it's it's up more upscale than that, okay. I would say. Than a hobby. No, I wouldn't say it's like a Hobby Lobby. It's a little smaller, a little more boutique-y okay. than maybe a Hobby Lobby is. Um, oh, we- <laughs> Brad and Fox Hollow, Lawler's, Lawler's Sporting Goods. And then he said in DaCosta, Sporting Goods. Shields was another one that people wanted mm-hmm. forever um, and ended up getting. I like Shields. 
It's where we just got my daughter's like shoes. Shields too. I like shields too. You you just go in there to see what sword or big knife. I go you're like buy. checking out the daggers. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And the talking Abe Lincoln. What are we getting? Like in, because this was brought up on Chaps yesterday. An indoor water park. Yeah. That. Or or, or another. Yeah. Or and and listen. I got to be careful saying this. No offense to Star City Shores. Wow. It's very dangerous to say on the radio. Very, very, very dangerous. Scary. But even a bigger, even a, a bigger, more extensive outdoor, you know, Grand Island's got them, Omaha's got them, they've got them. It, it feels like everybody's got a, a bigger one. That would that would be one. That's more of a government, probably, project, though. Uh, Dana writes, good point. We got Sam's and we got Costco, too. That Well, Sam's had been around in North Lincoln for a long time, but Costco was one everybody wanted mm-hmm. and ended up getting. So that's another one. Uh, Braddon Hall, uh, Fox Hall also says Treasure City. I don't know what treasure. Oh, is that what is Treasure City? I feel like I should know what this is. Is that another one of those old stores in the mall? Maybe Treasure City. Uh yeah, that's a, that is a, one of these places. Uh, one of these places, a kid. <laughs> okay, I don't know who te- what name this is, but somebody texted in the Tubbery. Do you remember Caleb when I did the walk and we had we stopped at Tavern on the Square? Yeah, at the end, that place used to be. Do, did you hear us talking about this? There used to be a place called the Tubbery back okay. there, which was just like public hot tubs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you remember could, you talking about that. That I you could, so, that you I could so, like, rent? I was very confused about like the could, business model. For it was like not a th- it was not that long. It sounds like something that came from like the 1930s. <laughs> no, this was like 1997. Stop in and get yourself a hot tub, kid. Yeah, you could go in and go like have a date night and go rent <laughs> It's so weird now. Uh, Brad says old Shopko he wants to bring back. Did anybody met? I guess there is still old Chicago at South Point, but uh, again, I know it's a chain. But man, I miss that downtown old Chicago. Uh-huh. I like that. That was good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Olin says, "Does Lincoln have an Apple store?" No, it doesn't. It's got now. It, it does have some like uh, certified third party retailers. Right. And and people um, who can do that, but no, not an official. But not a place Apple where you Star. go Omaha. to what, like the, So the, if you want to go there, you have to go to Omaha. What's it called? The Genius Bar? Yeah. That's in Omaha. They've got that. I, I don't know. I'm just seeing what what additional steps Lincoln needs to take to get... We've, we've gone a long way. I mean, we've gone a long ways in since I started doing this show. You didn't, Shields, even, you didn't even say the obvious one. The, uh, the, that we don't have? For development that needs to happen. What's that? Cool crest. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I've made that point plenty. <laughs> but I mean, I started this show. No Costco, no Chick Fil A, no Trader Joe's. Uh, Shields was probably there then. I think. Um, no, uh, no Whole Foods. No, none of the, none of these places here that that we had mentioned this whole thing. So we'll see how many more that we get. The Tubbery. <laughs> hey, honey, you want to go to the Tubbery tonight? <laughs> Just hang out in a hot tub that someone used an hour before us for who knows what. Uh, all right, 825. We'll take a break. It's LK today with Jack and Fred. I can't believe that was a thing on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. 
And uh, thank you to everybody who texted in for our uh, Nebraska Ball Text to Win tickets. The winner, randomly selected, was Laura. So, Laura, we are uh, going to text you back to get your information. If you didn't win, sorry. You're going to have more chances, though. We got you guys season tickets. Caleb and I went upstairs together and demanded we need season basketball. We got season football tickets. We need season basketball tickets for our listeners. And we got them. And so we will give away tickets to every game this year. Sometimes on Ticket Thursday. Sometimes we'll have a little text to win like that. And so uh, all of them. Uh, all of all of those games, your chance to win. So Laura wins it this time. Maybe it'll be you next time. All right, it's time to talk to the voice of the Big Red. That's Greg Sharp getting ready, actually, for a game. Greg, feels like it's been, uh, been a long time since the last time Nebraska played a football game, huh? I'm not a fan of the two bye weeks, yeah. Jack. Uh, one's fine, get, get you kind of recovered and going. But two, that, last week was I was a little lost, kind of. I felt like I should have been in a, in a press box somewhere. But here we are, back at it this week. Does it feel a little bit in prepping for this? Kind of like more like getting ready for a first game of the year, just because there's there's part of it where you just don't you kind of don't know what you're going to see from uh, from Nebraska personnel style, all of those things. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I don't think you know any, there's any drastic changes for Nebraska, despite the changes on the staff for this game. But yeah, I mean, if, how healthy is everybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the extra week probably really benefited Adrian, which he's going to have to be big if Nebraska wants to pull the upset. They need two to put on a show, and, and he's capable of doing some of those things. So hopefully that works. But yeah, you know, just it, would do, it seems like it's been more like you said. It seems like it's been more than two weeks since this team played. And so, yeah, there is some, you just wonder where their minds are, where their heads are, because that, that's a major change when you let four coaches go in the middle of a season. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and there's nothing directly comparable to this, but yeah, you know, kind of a weird season when Nebraska played in the Holiday Bowl against USC. That was kind of a weird scenario. And you see them in other places in, in college football, like, uh, I mean, like Texas Tech fired their head coach, and TCU did too, and then they went on and played as good as they have all year. It really seems like you could go big time in either direction after this, and I don't know what determines it. I guess it's just going to be about uh, desire and interest in the in the the game specifically. Uh, where do you think Nebraska is when it comes to that right now? Well, I think you know defensively, I think Eric Chenander will have his guys ready to fight and battle. I mean, and no JoJo Dolman. That's that's sad. Uh, his departure from this team, but in some ways, I don't know how much JoJo would have played. I mean. The, the sets that right. Wisconsin will send out there offensively, I think JoJo might have been on the sidelines for a fair amount of this game. As so, a nickelback, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a nickel, you don't pl- you don't run nickel a lot. You run a lot more base sets with, mm-hmm. with both Wisconsin and Iowa, the last two opponents. But, hey, he's a heck of a football player. We're going to no doubt miss yeah. the young guy. But I'm excited for Isaac Gifford to get a chance. People have raved about him for the last couple of years, but he's not been able to get on the field because of how well JoJo's played. So I'm excited for him when he gets his opportunity in this game. But defensively, Jack, I think this team will will really battle. I think that they'll 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 come with the fight. It's just going to be what's the offense? Where's the mindset of those guys that don't have their coaches looking them in the eye? Uh, I could see you know a running back room that's fired up. Ron Brown's a guy that certainly can't get can't get people motivated. So what happens there? I'm I'm nervous about Ramir Johnson's availability. He got dinged up late in the Ohio State game. I think you know we may have to dig deep into that running back room. Mm. 
uh, a little bit on this trip. So that means maybe Marquis Step comes back. Well, Step, who was yep. out there on that last drive, all of a sudden for Ohio State, I was that I was like, what in the heck? I haven't seen him for weeks, and then he's out there on on the last drive, and I suppose it's because of that injury. But he sounds, you know, it's interesting what he said the other day. He didn't want to say much about the the previous staff, and I don't know what that means exactly. But he sounds like he's ready to go and and get after it here a little bit. I think he is, and you're right. He came in for Ramir late in that Ohio State game. Ramir got banged up a little bit. And Scott Frost dropped the name Marvin Scott, who, remember, a year ago was a starter. Yeah, that's right. In the backfield. So you, we may get a Marvin Scott sighting in this game on, on Saturday. But, you know, Jack, this, this matchup, uh, the more I've studied it, Wisconsin's defense is, particularly their statistical numbers are stupid. They, did, they just are. I mean, you're just sitting there going, wow, number one defense in the country against the rush. They're like in the top three in every statistical category. It's just ridiculous what kind of numbers they put up on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be a challenge just to even get some first downs in this game on Saturday. What what happened with Wisconsin this year, as best as you can tell, Greg? I sat down and watched them early in the season a couple of times, and and, and maybe I'm biased, but but I said that team is not good, um, and, and especially the offense is not good. Um, had some losses early, had some really rough games, and now they seem to be peaking here at the right time of the season. What can you tell changed with with the way Wisconsin was playing in the middle of the season at some point? I think they were trying to put too much on Graham Mertz, their quarterback. Uh, they didn't really settle into their running back room until about week four or five before they really kind of identified what they wanted to do with the running game. But once Braylon Allen kind of got up to speed, this is a true freshman. He's a 17-year-old kid playing for the Badgers. Jeez. And once he kind of grabbed the number one tailback spot, it kind of flipped the switch for him. And then they could get back to playing what Paul Chris wants to do, and that is pound, 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 play action, roll the pocket, bootleg, and then Merch's numbers went way up because he wasn't having to try to go move the ball himself. He was uh, taking a back seat to the running game. So that once they figured out the running game, it all flipped for them. And they've been on a roll, six straight wins. He's had over 100-yard rushing games in all of those. So once they got that formula kind of fixed, they look uh, more like the Badgers we've, we've come to know. Well, and I was just going to say, it's, so it sounds like they've gone back to or gone to or, or tried to stay with what they've always done. I mean, this is just, it, yep. it's, it's going to be typical Wisconsin, it sounds like, right? It is. The leading receiver is the tight end. I mean, that's just what they do. And, you know, that, but that's okay. The black shirts, I don't think, mind that right now. I think we're kind of built to, to, to slow down a running game. Look at what Nebraska did to Kenneth Walker, the yeah. Heisman candidate. For Michigan State, I mean, I look back over the, the previous 10 games, and there's just some really incredible stretches for Nebraska's defense. Where yeah. you, you didn't give up a first down in the second half to Michigan State. Ohio State doesn't get the end zone in the second half against Nebraska's defense. So I, I don't mind the fact that the Blackshirts are going to have a little pressure on them to kind of hold this thing down because points are going to be at a premium, and you, you better get them when you can because it's going to be tough to score, and you better try to keep them out of the end zone if you want to have a chance you, in the fourth quarter. You know, it's kind of a shame. Uh, there have been just a couple of, of exceptions during the year, but but in large, by and large, statistically, up against the, the best competition, I think it's fair to say this defense has played most of the season at a championship level, which is, mm-hmm. which Greg, is, I mean... Like, it's too bad because I don't know that we're going to think of that when we think back on, on this season. But what they were able to do, some of the numbers, what they did with Ohio State, n- nobody's done that to them other than Alabama for the most right. part in terms of the numbers that they did. And, and boy, you, ju- you just hope they can get rewarded at some point for playing like they are. 
Well, and that's the thing. Shouldn't shouldn't the law of averages even out just a little bit with this thing? I, I've said statistically and really even to the eyeballs, this is the best defense Nebraska's had since that 9 team that was headlined, obviously, by Sue. Uh, but this group and it, but this group doesn't have an Indomitian Sue. They yeah. don't have a, a first round draft pick on that side of the ball, but they have a, a, a steam about them. They have a cohesiveness about them that has really been fun to watch. And, and I, you know, again, that's why I expect Nebraska to be in this game on Saturday because I think that defense will not let them not be in the game. Yeah, that you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that mentioned that compare it. The oh nine they had Sue, they had a they had a first rounder. Not only do they not necessarily have a first rounder, they've got some very good players, obviously. But I don't even know, you know, who I would point out and say, hey, this is this is you know, he's the guy here. It, it's a combination. They also don't. I mean, they're doing a little better, but they don't get a ton of gaudy numbers in terms of sacks or turnovers either to be able to do that. Right. And, uh, and so, I mean, I, I I guess I got to credit Eric Chenander with that, which scares me a little bit because I think there's going to be people all around the country saying, "Hey, that guy, he just got named to the Broyles list as well. Uh, he's going to be in demand for other people." So that makes me a bit a bit nervous. But I don't know how how else to explain it, Greg. He, you know, and, and we had some calls on Sportsline kind of criticizing and saying, "Well, it's kind of a bend but don't break defense." I'm like, oh. oh, okay, well, that may be true to a certain degree, but you don't you don't keep a team that's in the top ten right now. Uh, without a first down for an entire half, if you're not doing some really good things on that side of the ball, and I, I wish I, we saw more turnovers. I, I think even Eric Chenander has talked about that, that he wishes they could get some more turnovers. They don't have that big-time pass rusher, so they've kind of had to work around that a little bit. Also, go back to that 9 team, that guy named Prince in the secondary yeah. who was a first-round. So that, that defense had a couple of first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. This group doesn't, but they just play so well together. And I'm so proud, Jack, of those inside linebackers, Reimer and Henrich. I think those two kids have played so good all season long for this team. Yeah, they really have. And, and guys, we're going to be around uh, for a while. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, some guys that you can build build that defense uh, around. Um, Samari Toure. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, Greg. I told my son we were we were uh, at the game. Um, and, and I said, that's the, um, I said, that, that one he didn't end up scoring on, but he broke all the tackles. And ran. I said, that might be the best play. Play, offensive play I've seen of the entire year, man. He was he was great. He made the the original the initial Bolitnikov list, but it's been kind of an interesting. Like he'll be he'll be big in a game. He'll have a bunch of huge ca- catches, and then you just won't see him uh, a whole lot during the course of the game. Uh, what have we learned about uh, about Toure, and and have you learned about Toure in, in watching him this year, and and uh, the type of player that he is? I want more guys like him. Right, I mean, I mean, you talk about a fine. You go to the FCS level and get him. Yeah, wow, that what an addition to this team. And I think that's the we want more of those kind of players to be added to this group. And I think that's why in the next month you're going to see this program get a lot more active in the transfer portal than they have been in the past because they've been able to get people like Samori Toure to add to the mix and. He, he's just a really good player. Knew that coming in. I think he's even exceeded what I thought he could do for this team. Going to miss him. He's one of the guys that are, they are going to lose off that offensive side of the ball next year. Really going to miss him. But I think what's happening, and going back to your kind of your initial question, was why, why has it not been every week? Well, I yeah. think some teams take him away. I think okay. some teams go, okay, that's the guy we got to really double up, and we got to shade our coverage to him. And so I think Nebraska's seen some of that, and my guess is Wisconsin's going to do that. They're going to try to take him away. So you, but, but if you do that, 
you open up something else. Could it be a big day for Betts? Maybe. Could it be a big day for Manning? Possibly. Mm-hmm. What about the tight end? So Nebraska's got some options they can go to if somebody wants to double up on Toure. And and it feels like it's important against this defense. Nebraska offense hasn't um, had huge struggles with this this defense. They haven't won the games, but they've moved the ball a little bit. But it feels like having that quarterback run as an option has been important to that, and that's something that Wisconsin doesn't see a lot. I guess the question, Greg, is, you know, and I know you probably don't even know, but what's Adrian's health going to be exactly for this thing? Really good. Yeah, I think he's about as healthy as he's been all year long. And Go back, and Kata might have it there handy, but just go back through Wisconsin's schedule. I don't know that they've seen much of a mobile quarterback all year long. And your your point is very valid, is that because of that, Scott Frost in this matchup, they Huskers have moved it against Wisconsin. There's been other areas where they haven't been able to take care of things, including special teams where the Badgers had a big kickoff return for a touchdown a couple of years ago that opened up a tight game. So I think the mobile quarterback is something that really should benefit Nebraska in this game on Saturday, and I feel good about Adrian's health going into it. Yeah. Probably Vedral. That's about it. You know, that's probably the the biggest mobile uh, yeah. threat that they they uh, they saw this year. Other than that, not and that Army, which is a different thing altogether um, on their own. But nonetheless, and, uh, that, and that was a tight game. The Army game was tight <laughs> into the fourth was, quarter. They and Army scored late. Had a shot with the the onside kick. Yep. I remember watching that after the uh, after the Minnesota game a few weeks ago. Uh, over under on trick plays and fake punts that we see. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something, <laughs> right, Greg? You're de- you got nothing to lose. You're back. You've got to try something like this, don't you, in the next couple of games? I'd love that. I mean, people kind of been calling for that most of the year. We haven't really seen a lot of that yet for Nebraska. So, yeah, perhaps you do that. You know, you're right. What do you have to lose? Go go do something. Go see if you can, can mix this thing up a little bit. You you know, the, the West race, Wisconsin now controls their destiny in this thing. But if they if Nebraska could bump them off, well, that would make for an interesting final weekend for the Big Ten West if Nebraska were to to knock the Badgers off. But you just, you know, part of me just feels like, Jack, this team is due. This program is yes. due for something kind of nice to happen to them, some <laughs> ball to bounce their way. And I think I said this to you last week on the show, and when when we sacked Stroud and the ball's bouncing oh. around there at midfield, I'm like, that's ours. That's, that's got to be ours. Oh, right? I know. It's happen. I know. Oh my goodness! I know. I same that ball at some point goes into Nebraska's hands and and it uh, changes everything. Hey, real quick, well, we'll have more time to talk about basketball in in the coming weeks. But uh, I don't know how, how concerned should Nebraska fans be right now. Obviously, it was not the way you wanted to start the season, starting at one and two with so much positivity going in the season about the talent, about Hoiberg being in his his third year here um, and having a roster that he likes more. Uh, what what? Do you think is going on here exactly well i I, i'm disappointed in in the way the offense looks it just is not it's not getting better and and, you know the other night thank goodness for kobe webster that thing would have been over at halftime and kobe coming in and giving him some life maybe his back is getting to the point where he can can handle some more minutes because it looked a lot better offensively with him moving the ball from side to side and the ball not sticking in people's hands as much Mm -hmm. but uh, again i don't know how good that back is for him uh, just devastated for Trey McGowan's for Agreed. that foot injury, and that's that's a bad blow. I mean, you add up the number of games between now and January one, which is I think would be the earliest you could get him back, and that's ten games. Well, that's a third of the season he's definitely going to miss. And the bad thing with a foot injury, you can't keep your conditioning up. So once he's back and can start putting pressure on the foot, well, then he's going to have to get back into shape again mm-hmm. for this team. So that was devastating. But I like the energy. I like the fight that they put up the other night. Um, I think this team will get better as they go along, but 
you're right. This is not the start that any of us no. wanted to see for this team. Now, they've got a chance, Jack, in the next four games. They'll be favored pretty big in the next four to, to kind of get the record corrected. Yeah, if any, if nothing else, the schedule sets up, hopefully, to give them a chance to be the type of games where they can make some, some real progress because... Uh, what we what we've seen for the first three games, it's just that's not going to be winning basketball. It just, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I'm, I'm hoping success. But between the rebounding, and between the way the offensive is run, they've got to see some major changes. If uh, yeah, absolutely, it, it, and, and you know, I, I felt Creighton was gettable because Creighton yeah, got a new were. team too. I mean, they got a lot of new faces on that team, and and they came in and won a lot of the fifty fifty battles and. Don't depress yourself anymore by looking up what Sam Houston did last night. But oh, no. I think this team can get going the next four games. Jeez. I think they can go string together some wins. Oh, I gotta look. Hey, no, you know what? I'm gonna look. Don't in, do it. I'm gonna look instead. I'm gonna look at that Husker baseball schedule that came out. That oh, that yeah. got me excited. There Better have good weather in March. They loaded up with some home games in March. <laughs> you think? In March. There's a out. game every day in March, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, oh, bring those, whatever, Greg, bring those California teams in and let's get about <laughs> 38 degrees with a 15-mile-an-hour north wind. I'm actually be fine with that. You're inside. You'll be all right, too. <laughs> Will Bolt's no dummy. He thinks that, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, bring those Californians in here and let them play in 45-degree weather. <laughs> hey, Greg, great conversation. We'll be listening to your call uh, here tomorrow, or excuse me, Saturday. And uh, real quick, uh, what do you have tonight on uh, on uh, Sports Nightly? Coach's show, coach's show. John Cook, hour one. Scott Frost, hour two. So we'll hear a lot of volleyball. And big, big couple weeks for volleyball, right? These are huge matches coming up starting with Penn State tomorrow. Yeah. Appointment radio then tonight uh, for Sports Nightly. Uh, we'll be listening, Greg. Thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank, thank you, boys. Greg Sharp, 855. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. <laughs>